this special edition of the Transparent Truth. The coach, Keith Miller, takes you back to his coaching days as a coach with the Compton Tar Babes. Sit back and take a ride. This is the Compton Chronicles, the life and times of Hub City. Ha <laughs> ha! Welcome, welcome. You're now listening live to the Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the house again. Appreciate you joining me on a Friday. I got my brother still with me, Coach Jake. What up? Hey, let's do it. So, Compton, before we get into Compton versus Lakewood, we want to remind people about our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. And we're back and we're talking Lakewood Compton. 2004 Compton team, I don't remember the exact score, but I mean, they must have lost 69 to nothing to Lakewood. They got blown out really badly and um, it left those kids scarred, man. And I just remember after that Long Beach Poly game, I was so upset that we got blown out. I really worked those guys hard the next week. I was really, really hard on them. I pushed them to the limit every day, every drill, every minute in practice. And I wanted to come out against Lakewood, who you know we saw on film, we felt like we could beat. And I wanted to come out, and I wanted to really hammer those guys. And so um, what do you remember about that Lakewood week and that Lakewood team? Well, I do remember being a little upset with you for, uh, you know, we ran about 50 sprints. Because uh, you were upset, uh, feeling that, that uh, the kids had given up, or you know, wanted to show the kids that losing's not acceptable. And uh, so, me, kind of as an offensive guy, you know, offensive guys, we always just want to get to it and run plays and have fun. And uh, defensive guys more so set the intensity and set the tone. Um, in preparing for Lakewood, I remember thinking that we can have some success. They were kind of hiding. They had a talented kid, but he was a freshman middle linebacker. And I remember thinking that we can uh, take advantage of him and that their defense could be had. They had just graduated, I think, two all-CIF inside backers off of a semifinal team. And uh, we really thought that we could uh, have some success like we did against Milliken a few weeks earlier. So here we go. We got Lakewood. Again, yeah, I was hard on those guys. I don't want to necessarily say I thought they gave up. I, I thought that they – I thought that our Compton High players against Long Beach Poly, um, I thought they wilted under the pressure a little bit in the second half. I thought they – You thought they flinched. Gave in. Yeah, I thought they flinched a little bit. And, again, like I said, that's not acceptable. And so uh, I was very hard on them in practice, and rightfully so in my eyes. And so, you know, here we go. We have Lakewood. They just blew Compton out 69 and nothing the previous year. Uh, Lakewood at the time, they weren't very athletic. They weren't super athletic. I think we had more athletes. They were a disciplined team. They did a great job executing when we saw on tape. And so here we go. We go to, to Lakewood High School. And uh, what do you remember about that game opening up? 
Well, uh, often, I remember, by the way, they had a veteran quarterback, which, which is key a lot of times in high school, a guy that can manage the game. Uh, but I remember us getting uh, yardage in big chunks, and they kind of ran a, a punt block defense. They had kind of ran a 50, but they had their linebackers two yards off the ball. They had, you know, their safeties all the way up. So they had everybody up. And so uh, we were having some success with our misdirection. And I kind of irritates me a little bit because you know if you know a double wing guy like myself we like to run our power pitch no matter what against no matter what and uh they were stopping that a little bit and we were having success on our our um counters and misdirections and i remember our head coach coach bryant wanted to uh go to more counters and misdirections so we did and we had some success on them so we opened up pretty early we got some yard we're getting yardage in big chunks before you know it, it's 14 nothing Compton, and I'm thinking we're we're about to roll. They have the ball. Um, our defense is playing well. They had, I remember they they were a very good screen team, but we had put in some kind of fire zones to really speed up their quarterback, but protect ourselves on the back end in terms of their screen ball. We did a great job. We almost picked one off. We had forced them to punt, so it's our ball. They punt it away. Lamar Chapman gets it. He breaks to the right, cuts up. He's by, he's hitting the clear. He gets tripped up, I remember, by the last guy or he was going to score. And um, we were really, really rolling. But like everything, you know, what goes up must come down. We kind of stalled a little bit offensively, I remember, after that. And it wasn't – I remember it wasn't because – anything Lakewood was doing. We were getting penalized for holding calls and, um, you know, different illegal blocking calls, and it frustrated me because I pride myself on blocking and line play. And we hadn't had penalties the whole season. And it, and I remember after the game, it was frustrating looking at the film, you know, seeing, you know, nothing in the way of holding and different things. So we were getting kind of home team, home cooking calls there uh, by the Lakewood refs. And I'm not even a guy that complains about refs. We're up at halftime in that game. Uh, one thing I do remember, coming out of halftime, they kind of kicked the ball off. It hits one of our guys. Ball is loose. They recover it. So they kind of were at home. They were getting some home cooking calls. They grabbed momentum. Um, I remember late in the game, it's a third down and long. I call a cover three defense. Uh, it maybe even be a fourth down long. They hit a post route on third and uh, maybe 15 third or fourth and 15 for 16 yards versus a cover three. I remember kicking myself for calling that coverage, but uh, Lakewood goes on to beat us by about, you know, a touchdown to 10 points. I don't remember what the score was, but I think we kind of ran out of gas a little bit. Maybe my rants during the week and running those guys super hard during the week may have come back to haunt us. Maybe they had dead legs towards the end of the game. Whatever the case may be, second half, we did not play well defensively um, offensively again we struggle with penalties and you know it's not just the runners during the week right I mean that was a lot of plays for us we were getting yardage in big chunks just about every person on our team went both ways so you know you have a lot of points that we're scoring uh, you know you're bound to um, slow down a little bit and uh, like you said, that momentum with the the onside, the kick hitting our up man, bouncing towards the uh, kickoff team, it it just wasn't our night that night. And it was very frustrating because it was a game we were better than that team, and we should have beat them. We were better than that team, and we should have beat them, but we didn't. 
And uh, so at that time, you know, we take that L. We're five and excuse me, we're six and three. At that point, we're six and three. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this, Coach Keith. Um, I pulled one of my. Uh, I, I'm known for pulling kind of stunts. Uh, I, I understand Lamar called me creative. You know, it's kind of sometimes it's kind of mad scientist type things. And I, I remember watching the movie Major League, and um, the the uh, Serrano was having problems hitting the curveball. So they said he, he said he needed to sacrifice a live chicken. So I told our guys that week that I'd, uh, we were going to sacrifice a chicken. I was going to eat a chicken right in front of the whole team. And it was the time it was supposed. It, uh, it was the time for me to do it. We were on a two game losing streak. I brought some Popeye's chicken and ate it in front of the team. So those were kind of the things that we did at Compton to kind of keep things interesting because things could have got bad real quick. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to stay loose and you got to continue to be relentlessly positive. Uh, And again, those types of things, you know, those go a long way with kids. Keep them laughing, keep them loose, keep them relaxed and not so uptight and tense, especially when you when you're facing a two game losing streak. So, uh Last game of the year, we're six and three. We need this win to get in the playoffs as the third place more league team. We have Cabrillo. Cabrillo was coming off beating Compton sixty three to nothing the year before. They had better athletes than we had. Let me tell you, uh, they had a, a coach who was a former UCLA Bruin uh, football player, student athlete. They had a couple of running backs who were big, strong, and fast. They had a big physical offensive line. I remember, and we knew this was going to be a big time challenge. We came out in the first half, and, and subsequently, we couldn't do much uh, offensively. Defensively, we struggled. The first half was a was a bit of a, a battle. It was back and forth. I don't remember what the score was, but yeah, it was a pretty it, even game. Yeah, it was. Just, it, and it wasn't that we were playing bad, and it wasn't that they were playing great. It was just a game, you know, for playoff positioning. Back then, the Morley could take four teams. If uh, we lost, if we were to lose that game, we would have had to win a coin flip to get into the playoffs. So, you know, it, it, it was nervous time there because we were unsure of ourselves. We're on a losing streak, and we're unsure of ourselves that game. We got a big physical team in Cabrillo who just came off a of blown out Compton the previous year. So we knew we had our work cut out for us. And again, at halftime, it is a even game. I think we might have been down or maybe up by one or down by one, 14, 13 or something like that. Um, but something special happened at halftime to kind of get us going. Coach Jay, why don't you go ahead and explain that? <laughs> well, you know, I noticed that there were these big, expensive speakers on the sideline the whole first half. And I remember the principal saying, yeah, those, those speakers are a million dollars. We have a special, you know, it's homecoming. We have a special halftime for performance. Anybody that knows anything about Compton or Dominguez, they really do homecoming uh, well. They, they really spend a lot of resources on making a nice homecoming. So... There's some rumors going around that it's going to be the game, the new rap star. Back then, he was a new rap star. He just, you know, had the big songs with 50 Cent. Debut album, sure. Debut album. And so, um, they're saying he's coming out. I can't believe I'm like, wait a minute. This guy, the game was about to perform at halftime at Compton High School. So, they had a a stage set up right on the track in front of our home bleachers. Sure. And uh, we're in at halftime, and lo and behold, I look out, you know, uh, the weight room, and there's the game performing. And, you know, 
sometimes, you know, as a coach, you're not the most professional person. And, uh, you know, here we are, game going to the playoffs. I walked out of the meeting and said, hey, I'm, I caught a little bit of the game. I mean, it was it was history. I'd never seen anything like this where a platinum-selling rap artist is at a high school game. And he was a graduate of Compton, right? Yeah, yeah. So some context. He was a graduate of Compton. He was a basketball player there, went there. Um, and it was rumored to it was rumored to be that he wasn't even allowed back in Compton. So it was interesting that he shows up at Compton High School's homecoming game, performs at halftime, and like you said, we walk out of halftime, the kind of halftime meeting early, just to go catch the game performing. He was my favorite rapper at the time. His debut album was multi platinum, and uh, he had just broke with Fifty Cent, and so he's he's on the microphone, you know, talking trash about Fifty Cent, and it's a little worrisome here too, right? Because uh, the gang was, I guess, blood affiliated. Here he is at a Crip school, and. I was a little nervous at one point as to, you know, something going to, you know, break off. He had big bodyguards, but, you know, I'm I'm sure, you know, we had metal detectors in the stands, but, you know, all bets are off. All bets are off, and I don't, I'm don't, i not sure how many bodyguards can fight the bullet, through bullets, but, uh, yeah, it, it was a little bit nervousness at the time, but I remember our team busting out of that locker room. They wanted to hear the game, so, you know, it, the, the captains are lining up on the sidelines ready to go meet for you know, for halftime to start and the whole team is rocking on the sideline to the game and and uh, it was a, it was a fantastic time it was a lot of fun the game did his thing and he continues when to the start of the half right the, start the referee of the uh, and he would never pull this off at uh Trinity League school but the referee says I don't care if the halftime performance is continuing right here on the track we're going to kick the ball off so the game is rapping as we're playing. Right. The start of the second half starts. The game is still on the microphone, rapping. Uh, Can you imagine Beyonce doing that at the Super Bowl? It was wild. We end up fighting, scratching, and clawing this game uh, with Cabrillo. One of the big stars for us was a kid who played JV all year, who we were very, very partial to, just because he was one of those kids who was trouble. And I mentioned to him earlier in the podcast, I believe, Last week, Darcel Morris, um, he was a kid who was a absolute natural running back. I mean, as natural as it gets. He had the look, the moves, the hands, the vision, the patience, the burst, the ability to shake people. He was as natural as it could get. He had played JV all year because he was ineligible, and he had just got eligible that week 10 of the Cabrillo game, and Star Force ran for over 100 yards, and I believe in a touchdown, and Darcel Morris kind of led us in that second half to a victory over Cabrillo. We end the streak, or we snapped the streak. Compton hadn't been to the playoffs in 20-plus years. And they had never beaten Cabrillo. And they had never beaten Cabrillo High School. We snapped that streak, and we end the drought. Compton is in the playoffs for the 2005 season, and the game just performed, and the crowd's going crazy. We have T-shirts for all the players. We got our, our head coach a sweater. Playoffs 2005 it hadn't been done in almost 25 years at Compton or something like that. And uh, we were very, very excited until the next day. Until the next day when uh, CIF pairings are announced. CIF pairings were announced and we got matched up with Esperanza, who... At that time, they were leading the entire CIF in rushing yards per game. Uh, and they had very good personnel. 
And they were, I think, the number two or maybe number three seed in all of the Division I playoffs. And so uh, we were excited about being in the playoffs. We knew we had a tough matchup. And looking forward, we said, how are we going to beat this team? What can we do to put our guys in position to be successful? What do you remember about game planning versus Esperanza, Coach? Well, we talked about um, our quarterback coming back, Demetrius, against Milliken. We talked about that. Uh, he played against Lakewood, and he just didn't feel confident in that he could stay healthy. Uh, so he didn't feel comfortable playing against uh, Cabrillo. So we're back to the backup, Lawrence, against Cabrillo. He's serviceable. So now uh, we have to, he's serviceable, but he, he, we just don't think we can get the job done. So we just go with a tough guy. We said, we're going on the road. We're going to Cal State Fuller and play this team. Give me Donnie Bobo. He was our JV quarterback. You already talked about him. He was five foot two, 120 pounds, soaking wet. Uh, played JV quarterback the whole year. Operated our JV offense great, and did not flinch one iota when I said it is yours. So we bench Lawrence and we go with Donnie Bobo. Donnie Bobo, the same kid I mentioned on the last episodes that I punched in his nose when we were in, with boxing gloves. But he was tough, 5'2", 120, soaking wet, but he was tough as nails. And we knew that we could ride him a little bit going into that Esperanza game because he wasn't going to flinch. At the same time, we had to prepare for their offense, who was leading all of CIF in rushing yards. They had a fullback that was 225 pounds, um, and he could rumble. They had a speedster who was playing the wingback spot. Remember his name, but he wore number five. He was a 100-meter dash guy who had great speed to the edge. And I remember one thing vividly, Coach Jason, was when we looked at their tapes that they had to send to us before we played them, I broke down every play of the five games that they had to give us. And in those five games, if something that I found that was significant, they never, ever, ever tried to throw the ball to their left tight end. He was either always in the block or something was going on. They never tried to throw this guy the ball. So that was in, that was an interesting nugget that I put in my back pocket. In addition to that, I instituted the same exact defense we played against Tehachapi because we played a wing T team early in the year and we beat them. Had a pretty good defensive performance. Gave up 14 points, kind of lipstick on a pig. They scored late on a on a on a, a double pass. But you know, we're going into Esperanza. It was a big time week. I mean, we're out there practicing. Uh, now middle school kids are coming out to watch our practice. We're the talk of the city. The game was performing on our game last week. The community has now rallied around as we have revitalized the school, the community, the surrounding communities, all in the name of Compton High School Tar Bay football. And we're going to Cal State Fullerton to go play Esperanza, the number two seed, number three seed in the Division One playoffs. And it was a it was a big time situation, and uh, one thing that stands out to me is taking that drive over to Cal State Fullerton. Our guys are quiet; they're focused. They were locked in and ready to go. And we pull up to Cal State Fullerton, which is a grand scene, right? They got beautiful lights, a terrific stadium. Uh, you get off that that bus and you kind of walk down that little slope to get into the stadium, and uh, it was a big time atmosphere. Esperanza was going to bring a big crowd. We weren't going to bring very many, but they were going to have a big crowd. And we were getting ready to lock horns 
as Coach Otis Harrison would say, we're getting ready to lock horns uh, with some of the CIF's finest. We're this small school in Compton uh, relegated to gang members and dope dealers and gun users. Getting ready to play again Orange County's finest, CIF's finest, and Esperanza. So it was a terrific opportunity. And uh, what do you remember about the start of that game, Coach Jason? Well, first of all, I remember, yeah, they were the best team in Orange County at that point. The best. Better than uh, Trinity League schools, better than anybody. They were the best Better than Modern Day? Better than Modern Day. Best team in Orange County. Um, And one of the things I remember, there was a question surrounding Compton. See, a little background is that, you know, the Moore League and Division One at the time wanted Compton out of there. They would try to figure out ways to give the Moore League less teams. And so the question is, well, what is Compton going to do in the playoffs? I mean, that was a big thing. And for me, it was a lot, it was a lot of pressure on an offensive point of view because here I am starting the five foot two JV quarterback. I didn't, wasn't going to ask him to do much, but, um, you know, it was just, it was a lot of pressure. I mean, I remember, the, you know, the lights, our kids, when they saw the lights uh, as we're pulling up on the bus, they, they just completely woke up and felt that it was a big time atmosphere. And, and Cal State Fullerton's kind of bold seating so the sound stays in there so it was you know pretty loud crowd and and, you know I taught our guys all talked to our guys all year round there's going to come that time where it's third down and two third down and three and we're on the road against a loud crowd in Orange County and we got to shut them up and so as a coach you know you work hard you work hard for that moment so uh we worked hard all year for that moment that moment was our reward you know so what were we going to do so that was the question were we going to perform like we had against long beach poly and dominguez and everybody say you know compton's a paper tiger or were we going to actually step up and play well so here we go we kick it off and it you know, versus Esperanza in the bowl setting at, at Cal State Fullerton. Terrific atmosphere. We kick it off. And I remember Esperanza, they come out flying, right? If you know anything about Esperanza, they kind of quick huddle. They sprint to the ball and they snap the ball with such speed and precision. And um, we're battling. They're tough. We're semi-tough. But they drive the ball down the field and they kind of score on us. They up 7 nothing. I remember we get the ball back. We pitch the ball a little bit, and we get we do a good job moving the ball a little bit. But we kind of stall. We so we have to punt. They get it back. They're getting five, four, six yards of crack. We're, our kids are getting off blocks, and we're trying to hit. And uh, but they ended up, you know, driving it down, scoring. They go up fourteen nothing. We get it back, and we move the ball a little bit. Have a couple of big runs, but we can't punch the ball, you know, into the red zone. So we kind of got to give it away. By the end of the first half, Coach, we it had been a knockdown, dragout game for us defensively, especially. We're down twenty-one nothing at halftime, and I'll never forget. We're in that halftime locker room, and I stand up on the benches and overlook everybody. And I don't want to toot my own horn, but I say, "Listen, if you don't think we got a shot, and we're not going to come back in the second half, you stay yell Fanny in a locker room." I only want guys that believe and guys that's going to come out and fight like wild dogs in the second half. And it's kind of what we did. So the second half starts. We get the ball. We get the ball. We drive down. We score. Uh, a couple of big runs by Anthony Wright. And I remember at the second half, uh, you know, Donnie Bobo had suffered a concussion. So we had to go back to Lawrence. Um, and he leads us down the field. And uh, kind of one of the unsung heroes of that game that, that, that really played well on both sides of the ball and battled that first half and battled that whole game was P.J. You talked about P.J. Uh, he made 
big time game saving tackles as a guy who was about to you know break a run. We inserted him at fullback and uh, he was blocking. We were moving the ball the entire game a little bit, but uh, just our guys were just afraid to grab the game by the throat. So we knew we could move the ball. So we felt confident going into that second half. We had him diagnose what we knew what we could do, just what our guys perform. So it's 21-7. We end up punching it. It's 21-7. Our crowd starts roaring. We get more people at the game. Our sidelines getting juiced up. Uh, they get the ball, and we stop them. We stop them. Our guys are playing with tremendous energy and intensity, and guys are playing their keys. And we get the ball back. It's kind of towards the end of the third quarter. We go punch it in again, and it's 21-14. Uh-oh, you better look out. Here comes Compton. The fourth quarter starts, and I'll never forget this. We have the ball, and it's a fourth down, and we pitch it. Fourth and three. Fourth and three. We pitch it to Darcel, I believe, and he's supposed to run it inside. He doesn't. He kind of stays on the outside. He gets tackled. We kind of turn it over on downs, made it tough. They get the ball back. They drive down. We stop them, but they kick a field goal. They make it 24-14. It's kind of middle of the fourth quarter. We drive back down the field, getting ready to score. One reason or another, things kind of happen. We didn't punch it into the end zone. Clock kind of runs out on us. Really, we kind of run out of time. We ended up losing that first round 2005 CIF playoff game to Esperanza. Consequently, Esperanza goes on to the CIF finals where they end up losing. Uh, but they were a CIF finalists that year. So that shows you the type of effort and team that we had at the end of the year. We took the Seattle finalists kind of to the wire. And uh, we knew, because we had a bunch of sophomores and juniors, we knew that next year that we had a good group coming back. We need to add a couple pieces, but we knew we had something special. I remember uh, their old coach was sitting on the sideline. He was his 30-year coach. I remember his name. We were shaking hands after the game. He comes across and he says, Coach, you guys proved you belong. And um, that's what we did. We kind of proved we belong in that game. And, you know, our guys played with so much heart and uh, intensity and dedication out there. Uh, we were Esperanza's toughest match of their entire season. They were blowing teams out the entire season. We're unstoppable. And uh, we did a great job that game. Our kids did a great job that game. We ended up losing 24-14. to Again, like I said, you know, we... We were a young team. We had a bunch of sophomores and juniors, and we knew we had a really, really, really good group coming back, and we were going to really push them in the offseason and add a couple pieces and really put together something special. But we were going to be losing a couple special players. Lamar Chapman was our leader on the field. He was our leader off the field. He was a super senior. Uh, He was a lockdown corner. But we were going to be losing him, which was going to hurt. And also P.J. uh, Laumea. PJ was a was a, a stalwart. Uh, he was in the interior on the defensive line at times. He was a middle backer at times. He was an offensive guard at times. He was a fullback at times. He was an and emotional where, leader. Wherever he played, he was the best player on the field. He was when he was at guard, he would get out on our buck sweeps and absolutely cream defensive backs. And but uh, against Esperanza, he busted off a big uh, fullback run um, from the fullback position. He, he was you know a kid that. Just knew he was going to play through high school, and that was it. Didn't have any aspirations. So that was going to be his last game, and he really kind of played like a Polynesian warrior that game. I'll never forget that effort. 
those two guys, Matthew Martin as well, I don't want to forget him. He's a guy that we absolutely loved as a kid. He was a really good kid. He had transferred in. You remember we nicknamed... We nicknamed a spot on the team for Matthew um, ever since, right? We, we said that, you know, when you're getting a turnaround program or, you know, you're, you're getting into that season, you're going to know you're going to have a good season when you, get, when you get that Matthew transfer in. That's a guy that transfers into the school to late in the, in, to late in the spring, sure. impact player late in the spring, sure. uh, and just comes in and does things right. Matthew came late. And he ended up being a great blocker at tight end for us. He was disciplined on the defensive side of the football. And so we always say we need that Matthew Martin transfer coming in. Yeah, no question about it. We knew we had a group group coming back, but we had to replace kind of three seniors um, who were all, you know, very impactful. They were leaders in their own right, emotionally and or the, otherwise. Uh, and we had to replace those guys, but we had a good group coming back. Uh, we knew we had to add a couple pieces to the puzzle, but – we had a special nucleus coming back for that 2006 season, uh, but really want to show my love and respect for those seniors who played in 2005. They earned the respect of their peers, their their underclassmen, classmates, the community, the whole city of Compton. They represented well. Uh, they brought Compton from the deep, dark depths of absolute tragedy to bring them back to respectability and a playoff appearance in 2005. But speaking of tragedy, that's something that we'll touch on on our next podcast episode, the tragedy of Chapman. You're not going to want to miss this. Emotional time for everybody, including yours truly here. And uh, it was a very, very difficult situation. But we'll talk about that the next time on The Transparent True. I appreciate you rocking with us for this Compton Chronicles saga, life and times of Hub City. Please follow us on social media, The Transparent Truth, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Follow me, Coach Keith underscore MP on Twitter. Without further ado, I'm going to bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.